Am I the asshole for telling my mother-in-law that once she reads up on basic 6th grade biology, she's free to give me a call and apologize? I, 28 female, have been married to my husband, Cam, 32 male, for two years, and we've been together for four in total. He was a friend of my older brother, so I've known him even longer. Cam and I decided to try for a baby, and now I'm currently 20 weeks with our first. When we told my mother-in-law the news, the first thing she mentioned was that every woman in the family had had a son before they had a daughter, so she thought the baby would be a boy. Cam and I told her we didn't care what we were having, we just wanted a happy and healthy child. Well, I'm having a girl, and we informed my mother-in-law of this earlier this evening. Cam and I weren't on board with the idea of a huge dramatic gender reveal, so we just decided to go with casual announcements. Mother-in-law immediately seemed upset at this, and she told me that the next time I need to try harder to give my husband a son. I laughed, and I said I didn't really have much of a choice in the matter, so if and when we have another child, there's nothing I could do to make sure we had a boy then either. She said that it was a fault on my end, because she had had a boy first. She had all boys. All of her other son's wives had boys first, so that meant I was the odd one out. Cam told his mom that he didn't care about having a son or not, and that she needed to stop blaming me for something that couldn't possibly be my fault. But then she started getting onto him about how he should want a child that can carry on the family name instead of a daughter that will just be given away. Oh, there it is. This is the medieval way of thinking. OPB marrying into the Targaryen house. That would have been worth mentioning. The whole thing was absolutely ridiculous. So I told her that once she looks into getting a refresher course and reading up on basic biology, she should have learned in the sixth grade, she's free to give me a call and apologize for being absolutely ridiculous. My husband and I left after that, and in the car he said that while he understood my frustration, he didn't appreciate me speaking to his mother like that, because I basically implied that she was an idiot. I told him that I didn't appreciate the way she was speaking to me, and that he should be upset on behalf of our daughter, since his mom clearly seems to think less of our child before she's even born. The rest of the car ride was silent, and honestly, we haven't talked since getting back home either. He did defend me to her, so I know he's on my side, but I know he wouldn't have brought up the way I spoke to her unless he really thought I was out of line. I feel like a bit of an asshole now, and I'm not sure if I should apologize to her or not. (sighs) No, don't apologize. Not because you shouldn't have done it the way that you did, because lashing out the way that you did at something that she should have never said and she was completely in the wrong for and ignorant about or just so said in these old school Targaryen ways because that happens with the Targaryens, you know. Either way, she shouldn't have done it. And I know we get into a lot of situations on here where we use the Ascon scale to determine how much of an asshole someone is. Someone making the Ascon scale doesn't mean that they're the asshole or an asshole. It means they might be a little bit of one because they could have done something differently. And obviously, hindsight's 2020. We can always do things differently after the fact. I mean, we wish we could. And this might be one of those times because the way that she lashed out essentially was stooping herself to a level that she didn't have to. She didn't have to play in the mud here. It was her choice to get in the mud and get dirty with mother-in-law who was already there and just lives there, apparently. Wallowing in the mud all the time. But she didn't have to do that. She could have just said, pretty sure I don't have any control over that. The take a basic biology lesson comment was the stinger. That's the one here that was a ball of shit that didn't need to be thrown. Not saying she's wrong for doing it, just saying she didn't have to. She could have done it without giving mother-in-law something to use against her. That's really why it's important. 
battle-wise here. She gave mother-in-law ammo that she's willing to stoop to this level and hurl insults and basically call her boy's mama ignorant. Can you believe that? I know she didn't just say that to me, Jack. Can you believe that? I almost dropped my plate of biscuits. Obviously, there's some kind of cultural thing here where, you know, in that family, I guess they're expected to bear princes who can carry on the line. Okay, that might be just a cultural thing. Thinking it's not because it's probably a conversation that OP and her husband would have had along the way here somewhere, but it could be. That's a possible path here. And if that's the case, it kind of does change things because it's a misunderstanding and then there probably needs to be some apologizing on everyone's part. Let's assume it's not though and let's just assume that mother-in-law is just a, a touch crazy maybe about this whole have to have a boy thing. You still didn't have to play in the mud with her. I mean, you did so I hope it was fun, but it was unnecessary and that's the part of this that your husband is taking issue with. So, if you're going to apologize to anyone, apologize to him not to mother-in-law, because if you apologize to mother-in-law at this point, it hands her one more thing to use against you, I think. That's how I view the situation. Everyone might disagree with me, and it's honestly more fun when they do. So, what can you think of that would make this whole thing better? Is it solvable? Are they just the Targaryens that she's married into, and now she just screwed the whole thing up? Tell me your thoughts. I'm interested to know. Am I the asshole for not getting on a flight upon finding out that he put my kids in economy? So my fiancé has three kids from his former marriage, whilst I have two from my former marriage as well. I quit my job to start focusing on getting my degree. He's become the breadwinner, if you will, although I still contribute with my savings. I also do 80% of the childcare and chores. Long story short, he wanted me and my kids to attend Thanksgiving with his family, who are located across country, and we were supposed to go yesterday, ahead of time, to get a rental place. He booked our tickets and everything, but later, before the flight, I found out that he, his kids, and myself were put in first class, whilst my two kids, 14 and 10, were put in economy. I was stunned. He acted like it was no big deal and told us it was just a few hours and that the kids could just hang in there for a little while. I asked how he could think this was acceptable, and he got mad and said he's the one paying for tickets, then we go by his rules. I immediately turned around and took the kids and made my way out of the airport. He started following us, screaming at me to go back, but I refused and told him I no longer felt felt like spending Thanksgiving with his folks after this. My youngest cried because she never flew without me. He went with his kids. Me and the kids are at home. He has not stopped calling trying to berate me and even had his mom text me that I needed to get over myself and stop teaching my kids to be spoiled and entitled. She said that the fact that I was willing to miss Thanksgiving with the family over something so trivial shows my real character and personality and mindset or lack thereof. I have not replied, but I feel horrible. Am I the asshole? Should I have just let it slide and went? In case I wasn't clear, me and the kids left our family and hometown so we could go celebrate with his family and his hometown. My kids weren't too excited leaving their grandparents for a week or so. Update! I'm currently getting myself and the kids packed so that we go stay with my mother. This has happened before in other instances, but I kept thinking to myself, this is not right, but I have invested too much time and effort in this relationship, so maybe this shouldn't get in the way. And then I try to minimize most situations where I find my kids 
besides being put last. Not only that, but he tried to give me an ultimatum regarding getting my degree, and what was my response? This isn't right, but kept making light of it and letting it go. Now, he's probably bad-mouthing me to the whole family, and so is his mom. Bless her effing heart. The kids and I are leaving. He'll be coming back to an empty home, except he'll find some company with the engagement ring that I took off and left on the nightstand. Distance and some reevaluation is needed right now. Thank you to all who reached out with a helpful input and perspectives. You're right. My kids come first, and that's what I keep trying to do, and I hope I won't ever fail. Thank you so much for the support. Bravo to you, OP who is user the throwaway 156. I think at the end of the day, your choices come down to happiness. What choice is going to lead to the most happiness for you and the ones that you love? You have to have the ability to do some long-term thinking when you make those choices. And I think that's where most people screw up because most people think what's going to cause the least amount of pain right now. And that equals my happiness when that's not true. That is not the case. Sometimes to choose happiness, you have to choose pain and you have to choose it multiple times to get to the place where you can be happy. You have to be able to see that path and say, what choices do I need to make right now that will lead to my vision of happiness or whatever that vision is. It doesn't have to be happiness, but specifically with happiness, I think people really screw this up. In this case, OP gets it right, which is huge. And it tells us that happiness for her means that she is in a comfortable place where she is able to love and be loved and that the ones that she loves are happy as well if OP had chosen to stay and ends up choosing to stay in this relationship. What is that going to teach her children? And I think about this a couple of different ways. Number one, it's going to be a signal to them that maybe that significant other is on a pedestal that's higher than them. Maybe they're a higher priority level than them, which shouldn't be the case, right? So your love for your children takes a little bit of a ding if you make that choice, like it or not. It also teaches them that behavior like your fiance's is acceptable in relationships, which is maybe the bigger issue here. How much should you be willing to endure? What is okay? What are boundaries? How do you set those in relationships? They're learning all of that from you right now. How to communicate with your significant other, how to have a successful relationship. And they're watching and observing and learning everything that you do right now. If you want to see the effects of choosing to stay, there's actually a story that we did just a little while ago about a situation where two kids had been treated as less than. Similar to the situation that you caught a glimpse of. It's been years and years and years and the OP was an adult who had been treated as less than for her entire life and her brother's entire life and the stepdad ended up asking them for help to pay for like his daughter's house down payment, his bio daughters. It's a whole ordeal. Anyway, OP was able to tell them no and had the feeling of being treated as less than built up over years and years and years and said no because of how the stepdad had chosen to treat them throughout their childhood. And he groveled and regretted it then, but it didn't matter because it was way too late. Imagine putting your kids through that journey and getting to that moment. And the choice that you make right now is the one that prevents that or causes it. So that's what I mean when I say choose a path and be able to look at the direction that it will eventually lead to, at least the possibilities of what it could lead to. Choose the one that provides the greatest possibility of that happiness. I don't think our OP mom here is asshole in any way, shape, or form. It was a clear indicator of what he thinks of your children as less than, and that is not okay. It is not okay for him to expect you to put him on a pedestal that's higher than your children. 
children or his kids on a pedestal that's higher than your children. That's not okay. And anything he did for the rest of his life, he would be treating them as less than. And that's going to lead to all kinds of issues for your kids down the road. So avoid it. That doesn't lead to happiness for them. So make the choice for everyone. It's some short-term pain, but that's going to be the best for everyone. You're not the asshole at all. Um, Your fiance, we know he's an Ascon 1. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what special edition of Ascon 1 this guy is. Listen, wife, kids will be fine back in coach. Hey, let's just hang in there for a little while. It'll be all right. Your husband is a first-class asshole. Let's call him an Ascon 1. You already made the decision. Now you just need to toss that baggage, redirect yourself in the direction that you know you want to go. Am I the asshole for uninviting my sister-in-law and mother-in-law from everything and saying that if my husband continues to pressure me, he will also be uninvited? I am seven months pregnant with my first child. The baby is also the first grandchild slash nephew of my husband's family, which everyone is excited about. I lost my mother and father to the pandemic, being an only child, so there's not much of my family. Since the death of my parents one year ago, my husband's family has welcomed me with open arms as part of them, and I have become very close to my mother-in-law and sister-in-law. I always wanted to have a gender reveal, and I trusted my sister-in-law to organize everything about this. With three days to go before the party, I started to receive messages from all of my husband's relatives and even close friends congratulating me on my baby being a boy. I went to ask what happened. My sister-in-law confessed that she let it slip to my mother-in-law and she told everyone the sex of the baby after knowing because she couldn't hold it and it took proportions beyond what they imagined. Nobody called me to tell me this. The party was canceled and I was heartbroken, as well as extremely hurt by the two of them. Usually they accompanied me to the ultrasound, shopping for the baby's room, and my mother-in-law would stay at the time of delivery, but after this breach of trust, I stopped inviting them and asked them to respect my boundaries when they pressured me to go. Honestly, I didn't even send them the baby shower invite because I really avoided contact with them as much as possible because everyone knew before me that it was a boy. My husband started complaining that I was pushing them away because of a mistake that could happen and that I was being harsh. Yesterday, he brought up this, and when I said I still didn't feel comfortable with them, he said, soon you'll tell me that my mother won't be able to go to the birth. I think my face showed my response and he started saying I was being too hard on her because she was just excited and blah blah blah. I had my limit and said if you keep pushing me, it won't just be your mother who won't be on my labor, so either stop or you won't come in. He started to say that I was crossing lines and that he had a right to have this moment. I was taking this with them too far. He slept on the couch and doesn't talk to me more than necessary. Am I the asshole? Well, many are saying that it's just a gender reveal. I honestly don't care for that and I think it's tacky, but my mom was the type who would like and love it, and she always dreamed of having grandchildren. She said she was made to be a grandmother. She can't meet my son or even know I'm pregnant, so I wanted to do something tacky for her, not for me. Everyone knew the importance and the reason. I always wanted to have a gender reveal with my mom there, and I didn't have either. Extra, let's go to some points. At no time did I say that I would never approach them again, but right now, I don't see myself doing that. I already have grief, pregnancy hormones, and day-to-day stress to deal with, so I don't want anything else to bother me. Obviously, I want my husband to be in childbirth, but it's a lot of stress. He brings this topic up all the time, and I doubt he'll stop, even at the time of my delivery, trying to convince me. Even if he goes, if he says anything about his mother coming, I'll ask him to leave. Okay, and 
Why is everything so complicated? Why are people so difficult? How do they manage to get themselves in these complex problems? It's crazy. So we have multiple things going on here, and let's just start dissecting. We have the initial breach of trust whenever sister-in-law told mother-in-law and mother-in-law told everyone. So you have multiple breaches of trust there. Okay, set that aside for a second. Then you have this whole other breach where no one told OP. That's worthy of its own little pile over here. And then how OP chose to respond to all of this together was to say, mm-mm, mm-mm. And I respect it. Yeah, it's just a gender reveal party, but that's not really the issue here. The issue is that they knew that this was a big deal and squealed, and not just squealed, but made it worse times 3,000 by not telling her about it and just letting news spread, watching it spread, and then no one thinking, hey, maybe we should tell her that they all know now. No one had that thought. And that's really probably what she's more pissed about. With every right. And at this point, I think the actions that she's taken are acceptable because she's pregnant. If OP's husband can't keep his mouth shut, he's choosing to not be part of things, which sucks. And I hope that doesn't happen because that would break my heart as a father. OP needs to be very clear with him and hopefully for him to relay to sister-in-law and mother-in-law because I don't suggest talking to them right now. No stress. Keep it away. That that choice is being guided by the health of the baby. I mean, people get excited and they let news slip. That's not the issue for me. The issue for me is that they watch the fire burn and spread. So OP, not the asshole at all. Hopefully after you give birth and you're just swimming in a sea of stress immediately after that and for the foreseeable future, as we all know, kids create... I'm just kidding. My kids are awesome. That's going to be the perfect time to jump back into this fight, right? I don't know when it's going to be a good time to start smoothing this over or communicating about it, but if you can let them know that this decision and distance is purely for the health of the baby and that should be all that matters, then they don't have any kind of argument to it. And you at least buy yourself time of not having to deal with it, which gives them time to think about what they've done. It's like getting put in timeout. Nose in the corner. You think about it, Carol and Martha. You think about what you've done. I'll let you know when it's time to come out. I don't know that what mother-in-law did is an ASCON 1 offense. I really don't. It's messed up. I think it's probably an ASCON 2 offense because she definitely shouldn't have done it. I don't think it makes her a terrible person. It makes her a shitty person, just not a terrible one. Now, if she continues to push and not respect the boundaries that OP creates, she can easily bump right up to ASCON 1. Let's hope she doesn't. She's already an ASCON 2, and uh, you know, husband's creeping his way from a 3 to a 2 up there as well, so OP, be warned, you got assholes climbing the scale all around you. Distance? Let them think about what they did. You do you right now. You'd bake that biscuit. Am I the asshole for not giving my son and daughter-in-law the same gift I gave my daughter and son-in-law? I, 60 female, have two kids. My daughter Ellen, 35 female, married to Bill, 39 male. 
and Adam, 33 male, married to Allison, 33 female. Ellen and Bill and Adam and Allison. I also have five grandkids. Ellen and Bill have eight female and five male. Adam and Allison have seven male, five female, and two male. I fully admit that I am much closer to my daughter and her children than my son and his kids. My daughter-in-law has always opted to spend her time with her family, regardless of how many invitations I have extended. We live about a half hour from them, and her parents live in the same town as them. I have always accepted their choice and do not interfere with either of my kids' marriages or parenting. Looky there. This mother-in-law knows the rules. As a consequence, my son's children are not as comfortable with my husband and me since we see them maybe five to six times a year and talk to them on FaceTime maybe once a month. I have made my peace with this and hope in the future my grandchildren could make their own choices. I do talk to my son more often usually on his way home from work. I asked him if I have ever done anything wrong and he said she is just more comfortable with her own family and I dropped the subject. The issue started a few weeks ago when, out of the blue, my daughter-in-law called. She never initiates contact. I should add that at the time, I was watching my daughter's kids as a gift to her and her husband's 10-year anniversary. When they were discussing an anniversary trip, I offered to watch the kids for a week. My daughter-in-law questioned why I had not offered to watch their children so they could go away for their 10-year anniversary, which was about six weeks before my daughter's. I was honest and told her I had not thought about it. I sent them a $50 gift card to their favorite restaurant. Since I have never been alone with her kids and didn't think she would ever feel comfortable with it. She said I was wrong for not asking, which is probably true, but I think the nature of our relationship dictated my gift choice, and that relationship is completely controlled by her. I am aware that my son is to blame as well. I apologized for not offering, but declined to remedy the situation by actually offering. My son called me later that day and told me that Allison is mad that no one will watch their kids so they can go away. Her parents will not do more than a weekend, and he asked me why I felt the way I did. I hesitated to share at first, but he pushed, and I let him know that my grandkids barely know me, and that is on them. I really did not think this was the way to build a relationship, and if they are interested in actually helping forge a real bond between their kids and us, I would be happy to spend more time with them. No plans have been made to help build that bond. My son feels like he is stuck in the middle but understands where I am coming from and acknowledges that he should have been more insistent on spending time with our family as well. Now she is refusing to allow more contact unless we agree to babysit. I said no to this offer, which could make me the asshole here, but I don't want to feel used. You know what I like? I really like manipulative people. Let me clarify. I really like manipulative people who are openly manipulative. Don't even try to hide it. OP's daughter-in-law here. Not even attempting to hide the fact that, number one, she's only asking because they have an urgent need, but number two, she really could give a shit less about them forming a bond with her because she says she'll only offer that if she agrees to watch them so they can go away for an anniversary vacation or what the hell ever. Both of those things are blatant blinking signs that say, I only need you to solve my problem right now, then I'm going to go back to not giving a shit. Mm -hmm. And Lord help her son, because right now he's married to that openly manipulative person, and she done told him to talk to his mama and figure out why she felt the way that she felt when she already knew. She's just trying to use him like a little pawn, and he's like, yes, okay, okay. 
Or maybe he buys it. Who knows? But it is openly manipulative. And I think you're doing the right thing here, OP. I mean, I talk some about choosing a path. And there is a path that leads to a meaningful relationship with your grandkids. And it ain't this one. You standing your ground and planting the flag really started the conversation here about why they aren't close with you. But that conversation needs to be redirected to your son. Because his wife openly doesn't give a shit. So if there is any chance of having that meaningful relationship, it's going to be because your son makes it happen. So, tell him what you told her, the whole thing, and get him thinking about it. That's your only goal for now. Plant the seed and see what happens. Don't mention it often, but bring it up in some way every once in a while. Like, hey, we're doing this thing. Would you guys like to come over? You know what I mean? That opens up the channel. There is a possible path here, but this this situation is just openly shitty by his wife. So, I think you done did the right thing right there. You're an ass con none. Zero. Am I the asshole for letting my sister spend thousands of dollars on a purse I knew she'd hate? Oh my god, yes. I do not get along with my sister. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> the title, Am I the Asshole for Letting My Sister Spend Thousands of Dollars on a Purse I Knew She Hate? An opening line, I do not get along with my sister, is great. I think that's it. I think that's all we need to know right there. In the story, it is entertaining as F. Anyway, I know this is going to make me sound bitter, but she's always been the golden child of our family, and she never let me forget it. I've now reached an age where I've come to peace with the fact. Although I'm low contact with her and my parents, I do still see them semi-regularly because I'm still close to my grandparents. She has this habit where anything I have she has to have as well. It started as kids, where if my parents bought me anything, even presents on my birthday, she'd have to get something too. It extended to her trying to make significant others cheat on me, going for jobs I applied for only to prove she could get it too, and even petty things like buying the same makeup as me, but applying it to show that she's prettier. I've been recently saving up for a really nice designer bag, and she found out from a cousin I told. I know that luxury handbags aren't everyone's cup of tea but I've worked really hard for a promotion and really wanted to celebrate and do something for myself. My sister began to sniff around to find out exactly which bag I wanted to get, and I just knew what was coming. So I lied, and I told my cousin a ridiculously expensive bag that's absolutely not my sister's taste whatsoever. At Thanksgiving, we all showed up to my grandma's house, and she was carrying the ugly bag. She saw that I was carrying the one I actually wanted and lost it. She said I was vindictive and told my parents I tried to sabotage her financially. She ended up sobbing and insisted that I pay for her bag to make up for my prank. I told her I didn't force her to buy anything, and when I asked her why she wanted that specific bag to begin with, she ended up crying harder. My parents called me an asshole for messing around with my sister and being so petty, and are insisting that I pay for half the bag. I feel justified, but I do feel bad since I did technically tell my cousin the ugly bag knowing my sister would hear about it, but I still stand by the fact that I couldn't have forced forced her to buy anything. No, not the asshole. I think it's hilarious. And this is just exposing her. She was exposed. That's it. That's all you did. All you did was expose someone who was doing something really stupid. And they got upset about it. That's how it feels to get exposed. I'm sure it's very upsetting. 
do not let your parents make you pay for half of that. That's horse shittery. Don't do it. I mean, whatever. If it's going to make life go on, do it if you want to do it. You shouldn't, and you don't have to. You're not an asshole at all. You don't show up on our ASCON scale. We need to create, like, what's an opposite of an asshole? A genius? No. There, there are plenty of genius assholes. I don't know, you guys tell me what you think would be a good opposite scale for us to do, where it's like, asshole is on one end, and on the other end is like, what? What is that thing? Because that's where OP belongs here. And the opposite of asshole, awesome. I don't know. Mouth? I think it's hilarious. And I wish you had snapped some phone pics and posted those along with this, because this would be hilarious to see play out. This needs to be a skit. This absolutely needs to be an SNL skit. It could 1000% be, but you exposed her, and hopefully her behavior will now change. Pain creates change, right? Well, this might be the pain she needed to stop doing this bullshit. If not, keep doing what you did. That way she just doesn't trust the intel and eventually just stops doing it because she's been burned too many times. I like where you're going with this, OP. I like it. I like it. Am I the asshole for asking my girlfriend to start making me breakfast every morning? I, 27 male, have been living with my girlfriend, 29 female, for several months now. For the most part, things are really good, and I plan to propose soon and hopefully have at least a couple of kids with her. Got big plans already there. However, we've run up against a conflict. She's an absolute morning person. I hate mornings. By the time I force myself out of bed in the morning and into the shower, she's already been up for at least 30 minutes, even though she has to be at work later than I do, and is at the stove making breakfast. She likes a huge breakfast in the morning. She likes them huge. She usually has eggs, either French toast or pancakes, hash browns or breakfast potatoes, and sausage or bacon. Sometimes on weekends, it's ham or steak. Eating breakfast like a country girl right there, tell you what. She eats almost nothing for lunch and usually has a smallish dinner, but she loves a huge breakfast. Meanwhile, I only ever have cold cereal for breakfast, or maybe, if I'm feeling really ambitious, some instant oatmeal or orange juice. I only even start to come alive halfway through my second cup of coffee and definitely don't feel like cooking in the morning. However, my girlfriend obviously does. So recently, I asked her if she'd start making breakfast for me too. She asked if we were going to trade off, and I'd sometimes make breakfast for her too. I told her no, but reminded her that I do often make dinner for her. She said that since we trade off making dinner, we should trade off making breakfast too. I told her there's no way I'll ever be able to muster that kind of energy first thing in the morning, but that since she obviously can, that she should just make breakfast too. I said that it would take next to no extra effort on her part to throw in a couple more eggs strips of bacon, an extra portion of hash browns, etc., since she's already doing it for herself anyway. But it started a fight, with her saying that it wasn't fair for me to expect her to think of me in the morning since I don't do the same for her. She seems to think that her making breakfast for me should figure into our division of labor, and that I should do something extra in return. But I think that since she makes a huge breakfast for herself every morning anyway, that throwing an extra portion of whatever she's making on for me would take next to no extra effort on her part. So why should I I have to do more for her in return than I do already. This relationship seems to be functioning completely fine. No issues here. None. Okay, either 
OP's girlfriend here, has been burned in the past by someone making her do everything and drew these boundaries that she has to enforce, or OP has burned his girlfriend enough times to where she has boundaries. But there's a reason that those boundaries exist. It's all petty shit. All of it. And for this to be your guys' biggest problem is kind of a blessing, because you're going to run into much bigger things down the road as your life evolves, and if you marry and have children and then buy a house and maybe be crazy enough to start a business and then have a side hustle and whatever. Life's going to get more complicated and this is going to hopefully be something that you look back on and laugh because while you would love for her to think of you and make extra breakfast for you, it's certainly not an expectation that you can set. You don't really have a right to do that, especially if you're not willing to give anything for it. And I think that is where her boundary is. It's if you want this thing, then be willing to do something for it. If you're not willing to do anything for it, then you must not really want it, which is true. If you want it, do something for it. How much does it mean to you? Breakfast obviously means a lot to her, and number one, you're going to disrupt her routine. Even though it is just extra helpings of whatever she's making, that means she has to shop ahead for more, she has to think ahead for more, she has to anticipate when you're going to wake up in time to actually eat that breakfast more. You're going to complicate a lot more than you think you're going to complicate. And what are you willing to do for that. The fact that this is a discussion, though, in the first place kind of blows my mind. You know, at this point, these two are clearly not functioning as a team. It's very much individual-focused people right now. And, you know, at their core, people are selfish. So there's some of that that you're always going to carry with you. But at some point in a relationship that is progressing successfully, you start to think we instead of me. These two are very much still in me land, which may be just an indication of age or, you know, how fresh the relationship is. Is they've been living together for several months, and maybe this is just part of learning to live with someone too. I don't know if they've lived with someone before this. We can probably assume not. So this is them just learning how to live life. Number one, at least they're communicating about it, and they're trying to find a solution here. So that's a good sign. That's more than most do. So maybe this relationship is actually okay because they're talking about it at least. So good luck to you. You're an asshole for not wanting to do anything in return, and that would put you at. Let me see here. I'm going to say this makes you kind of between a two and a three, but I'm going to give you some bonus points for actually looking for a solution and give you three. So you pulled yourself back to an ask on three, which is you probably should have approached that differently because you're at least out here asking for answers and trying to navigate this. So that shows that you care enough to try, which is a big deal. So you get some bonus points for that one right there. You've got to be willing to do some work for it. And once you realize that and start communicating and navigating that direction, I think you guys will probably maybe be okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to leave the room when my husband told me to? My husband's best friend, female, got the news of her dog's cancer days ago. My husband would call her every day till yesterday when she visited. I opened the door for her, greeted her, then led her to the living room and went into the kitchen to get a glass of water after my husband asked me. I came back and didn't find them in the living room. Turns out they went into the guest room and the door was shut. I heard weeping, sobbing sounds coming from inside. I knocked, then got in and found them embracing each other, crying. I stood by the door, but my husband paused and told me to give them a moment. I gotta say, I did not feel comfortable with his request, so I remained standing. He got up and started repeatedly telling me to get out. I told him that it's my house and he can't tell me where I can 
and cannot go. He got angry and told me to get out, and we'll talk later, but I refused. He asked what was wrong with me for not seeing how tense the situation was and for not giving them privacy. I told him that they did not need to shut the door for any reason, no matter what it was. We argued and she ended up leaving. He blew up at me afterwards, calling me unbelievable and saying I had no respect for him and his friend, who's going through a hard time and refusing to give them privacy. I told him how weird it was for them to shut the door just because they were crying. He told me that I was petty and overbearing to act like this in front of her, and stopping him from showing proper support. Now he's completely gone radio silent, and is acting like I kicked her out or treated her poorly. Some context. 1. Ages of those involved are 26 female, 28 female, and 31 male. 2. She's been his best friend, sister-like, for 8 plus years. 3. She tends to be very emotional and highly sensitive. 4. We don't get along because she tends to be a boundary stomper and does and says things that make me feel like I don't know my husband as much as she does. She also compares us as well. 5. Initially, I did not want her to come to the house, but my husband called her and told her to come since he didn't see her after the news was received till yesterday. So, uh, Reddit votes not the asshole here, and I can certainly see and agree with that line of thought. I think you had a collision of boundaries here, which is a little bit weird. You had this boundary where you weren't comfortable with them being in a room together with the door shut, which has to be understandable as a dude. It just has to be. And he had this boundary of wanting privacy for them, which he has to understand is questioned just because of the sexes of the two of them, if nothing else. It made you uncomfortable. He needs to respect that. My take from the story is that there was nothing sexual or inappropriate going on there. They've been these kinds of friends for eight plus years, but that's not to say that that couldn't pivot on a dime. So who knows? But that's one of the complications of being friends with opposite sex when you're married. I'm not saying that it's wrong at all. There are plenty of people who who pull it off, but it doesn't come without its complications and it requires extra navigating. So most people just don't even try. There's also a line of thought here that says that none of that should matter and they're friends. They obviously needed privacy and this was completely inappropriate. So uh, I don't feel like that is the right way to go here. It probably would have been smart to communicate some boundaries ahead of time instead of just enforcing them on the spot. People get very close to their animals and losing an animal can be like losing a family member. So she needed she needed her friend's support right then. Her friend just happened to be your husband, and it was awkward. So this is a complicated one, but tell me what you think, because clearly I don't have all the answers. Am I the asshole for making my sister leave after finding out what she was doing to my pregnant wife and kid? So my sister is now divorcing her husband and she's staying with me while everything is finalized. Without getting too deep, my sister did have a miscarriage a few months ago. I talked to my wife before this and I told my sister that I could find her somewhere else to stay if my wife being pregnant is going to be too difficult to be around. She's been staying with me in the guest bedroom since then. My wife has lately been hyper fixated on the baby's health. At first, I just thought that she was thinking about my sister and did my best to ease the concerns. When I came home, my wife was in the living room crying and she looked really stressed. 
She told me that she was fine and just stressed out. I didn't buy it. Eventually, she confessed what was really bugging her. My sister was pretty much trying to turn into a parent to our kid. Apparently, throughout this whole time, she was calling herself mom to our kid. When our kid would need a diaper change, she would do it and get mad if my wife did it. When it was breastfeeding time, she would get upset, cry, or get mad at my wife. Even asked her to formula feed so it's easier for everyone. She did more things, but you get what I'm saying. The reason my wife was so fixated on miscarriages was because my sister was apparently berating her with things about miscarriage. Example, why are you eating that? That kills your baby. She had yogurt. No, don't do that. Don't you know that causes a miscarriage? She accused my wife of wanting a miscarriage because she was doing everything wrong and everything that causes miscarriages. The last straw was that day when she tried to tell my wife to also breastfeed the baby, then insult her when she said no. I asked how I never heard this because while I do work late, she breastfeeds while I'm here. She said that she would do it when I'm not around, but then when I left, it would start back up again. I sat down with my sister and told her that I'd be happy to get her a rental, hotel, so forth, and I support her in this, but she can't stay here, and I can't in good conscience let this affect people who are also going through hard times. She started pleading with me, saying she would never do it again. I told her that I'll keep helping her with whatever she needs. I suggested intensive therapy or professional help, but she got mad at me. So I said she needs to leave. She was yelling at me, but at the end, left to a hotel. But my whole family has my ass for this, saying I will never understand a miscarriage and that this is normal behavior, and she will never forgive me for being so mean. I'll pay to help her emotional support, but my wife and kids didn't sign up for this. It is my fault to think that someone who went through that could be in front of that. But would I not be even more of an asshole if I let her stay? Oof. I know that miscarriage is a really touchy subject. This can't be normal miscarriage behavior. It has to affect people differently, though, right? I mean, it obviously triggered something inside of her, but I don't think that her responses to that trauma are normal in any way. It was a bad idea to have her, who's recently miscarried, in your house where your wife was pregnant and then gave birth and then you guys have a baby there. That's just a recipe for disaster, but I understand that you were trying to help. I hope, OP, that you had this conversation with your wife ahead of time and that she was on board with helping her out too. I'm assuming she was because otherwise we'd be having a different conversation here, but I understand that you two were trying to help your sister, but you had to have seen that there was a big red flag with that trauma and then forcing her to kind of relive it. You are not the asshole for that. It was just a really bad idea. Sometimes helping is a bad idea because of the conditions that you have to help in. Sometimes your world doesn't allow you to help someone, and when you try to help, it actually just causes more harm. And that may be the case here, and it didn't come from a bad place at all, so you're not an asshole for it. You could not have predicted that your sister's trauma would lead to this. Your first responsibility is absolutely to protect your wife and child. So I wish that you wouldn't have gone through this at all, and I hope that your wife recovers from this because now she's been through something traumatic and she's going to be on high alert all the time. It's going to take some time to get through. And I'm hoping that none of this had any kind of negative effect on the baby because that would just be, it's too much. It's too much. All of it. It's just too much. It's all terrible. There's no other word for it. It is just terrible. Now everyone's been through something terrible. 
And it seems like you played this in a pretty level-headed way as you were talking to your sister, too. So bravo for that. I wish you didn't have to go through it in the first place, but you seemed to have handled it well. Your family will eventually understand, or they won't. But your responsibility is to your wife and child. You're still offering to help your sister, just not in your own home. And you're, you're doing way more than anyone else is doing, apparently, for her. So maybe that's why your family is pissed off. Maybe they feel like they're going to have to help now. And if that's the case, then they're just being... Selfish and it's a self-preservation outlash where they're projecting that assholery onto you. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Just give it some time and let it fade. I hope your sister does seek help because her issue is not one that's going to go away on its own. It's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a structured journey to get to a place where she is okay. I don't imagine that someone who's been through a miscarriage is ever really okay. It's a scar. But she is going to have to get to a place where she isn't allowing that scar to affect other people in her life. And right now, that's just causing her to be further isolated. And that's a problem. If your problems are isolating you from the people who are most likely to help and from the people who want to help, you need to do something about it. This is a rough story. I hope that everything works out. Sometimes being the good guy isn't the right thing to do. It seems that every good guy is someone's bad guy, and maybe that's just the way it is. Shouldn't stop you from trying to do the right thing, but sometimes the right thing looks different than you expect it to. Am I the asshole for sitting on my husband's lap during Thanksgiving dinner because all chairs at the table were taken? I, female 28, have been with my husband Sean, male 33, for two years, married for five months. Most of his family are decent people, but his mom can be a little passive-aggressive and tends to criticize me a lot. Sean sees it as, she's just not used to you being around. But I don't know, because she treats his ex, Julissa, good. Mother-in-law says that Julissa has been around the family for ages, and her past with Sean never affected her relationship with her. Fine, I never minded her attending every holiday and being around till yesterday. Yesterday. Time out. Time out. Red flags. Time out. Throw the flags. Throw the flags. Hold up. Sean's ex still comes to his family functions? You got to be shitting me. All right. Let's see how this plays out. It's going to go well, obviously, since it ended up a post on Reddit's Am I the Asshole thread. Ugh. We had Thanksgiving dinner at my mother-in-law's house. Sean went there before me, and when I arrived, it was already dinner time. Everyone was seated, and I saw that all chairs were taken. I asked mother-in-law why she didn't save me a seat, and she said, Sorry. And that one of her granddaughters decided to show up last minute, and the chair was taken. I looked at her, then at Jalissa, who was sitting next to Sean, and tried to point out how I was more deserving of her chair since I'm the daughter-in-law. I shouldn't have said it. I know. I know. Mother-in-law flat out said that Jalissa is as much family as as me, and that it was rude to imply otherwise. Julissa was nodding confidently while glancing at me. I was so upset that I wanted to leave, but decided to just sit on my husband's lap and act as casual as possible. I sat on his lap, asking if he was okay with it. Don't worry, I'm petite, he's strong-built, and started eating so casually while smiling and complimenting the food and mentioning to Sean how warm and comfortable his lap was now and then. The table went awkwardly silent. You don't say. Brother-in-law would try to break the silence and change the subject, 
perfect, but somehow goes back to being awkward. Mother-in-law and Julissa were barely eating and were staring at each other, then at me with eyes wide open. Minutes later, Julissa excused herself to the bathroom and so did mother-in-law. It was still awkward, but I did my best to focus on dinner. Sean was eating as well. Later, there was so much tension and mother-in-law was barely able to speak after Julissa left. Early, like right after dinner. Sean and I went home and mother-in-law tried calling, but then called Sean and texted me saying what I did was inappropriate and that I ruined Thanksgiving dinner and made it awkward. She said it wasn't her fault chairs were taken and I could have dragged a chair from the kitchen but acted childishly and made Julissa and family uncomfortable with how inappropriate it was. Edit, I need to mention that if I took a chair from the kitchen, there was not enough space at a dinner table to fit the chair. Everyone was sitting next to each other. This sounds like a shit show. This sounds like a hell of a time. This sounds like a shit show. Glad it wasn't mine. Okay, there are so many things wrong here. Let us examine the possible reasons why Sean's ex is still attending family events. Maybe mother-in-law and she are really just that close. In that case, there should be no awkward tension between Sean and her, or between her and Sean's wife. Clearly, there's still something there, and it's not just platonic, and it's not just about her loving the mother-in-law so much, and mother-in-law just loving her like a daughter. It ain't that, or this wouldn't have been an issue. So this may be like a long game play by mother-in-law to try to get them back together. Hell, who knows? You guys are married, so she shouldn't still be there unless you were okay with it. And I guess that's the kicker. Assuming mother-in-law knows that you are uncomfortable with it and does it anyway, it's extremely disrespectful and a power play. The fact that she's still able to do it after you've been married for five months. The fact that it's still attempted by her after that speaks volumes of how she views you. Now, I think she doubled down whenever she intentionally didn't leave a seat open for you. Maybe my view of this is different, but I would think as the host of the dinner, which mother-in-law was, she kind of gets handed the responsibility of making chairs and space available for people, right? If we were hosting, it would be our responsibility to find that person a chair who had shown up and all chairs were gone. It would be on the host. The fact that she did nothing is another double down here. Granted, what OP did here was drastic. Hilarious, but drastic. I don't know what else she could have done. I mean, what was it? Do what she did and plant a flag or leave crying? Are those the two options that exist here? Maybe I'm just not seeing anything else that exists as what action she could have taken in that moment. But, you know, asking for her husband to back her up at some point might have been a good idea. I don't know why he didn't speak up through this process, but it's not his fault this is happening. This is obviously mother-in-law's fault. And whatever arrangement she has with Julissa is obviously something that affects everyone. However, I think if you're going to go to war with mother-in-law, which it sounds like was just started, you are going to need your husband's backing. Fighting that battle alone is not going to be an easy one. So if for no other reason than to have an ally in this fight would be a very good idea. I view it as entirely fucked up and inappropriate by the mother-in-law. Maybe you guys disagree with me. Tell me what else you're seeing here that maybe I'm missing. And what needs to happen is that mother-in-law needs to apologize, but she's not going to do that just because OP wants her to do it. She's going to need to be forced to do that by her son. I think. I could be wrong there too. I don't know. Tell me what you 
think? OP's actions were asshole actions, but they were warranted asshole actions. She had to fight asshole with asshole. That evens out to a zero on my ASCON scale, so OP's not the asshole at all. And right now, understanding what I think I'm understanding, I'm putting mother-in-law at ASCON 1. Ding, ding, ding. With the helping of cranberry sauce. Am I the asshole for wearing white to my wedding? It's a nice day for a white wedding. Oh, now I gotta hear the song. Okay, I just had to hear it. I recently got married to the love of my life, Jay. We had a perfect wedding, except one thing. My mother-in-law's freak out when she saw my dress. When we had gone dress shopping, I invited her and I found my perfect dress. My husband's family has a tradition of always wearing blush dresses on their wedding day. They told me about this before and I respectfully said I would wear whatever color dress my perfect dress was. Once I finally found it, it was white. Mother-in-law asked me to ask if they could alter it to make it blush or to find a new dress if they couldn't. I said I would ask, but if they couldn't, then that was that. Long story short, they couldn't, and I showed up to my wedding in a white dress. All through the ceremony, mother-in-law was seething. During the reception, she pulled me aside and asked why my dress was white. I told her that I didn't want to find a new dress and that they couldn't alter it. She said it was a tradition, and she was disappointed that I had broken it. Jay also said that he was disappointed when I walked down the aisle in a white dress. Oh, no. See, it was all like, yep, yep, yep. Then what? Whenever the husband said what he said. Ah, damn it. That's disappointing. Was I the asshole for this? I could have just changed my dress. Oh, wow. That's the end of the story. Okay. Let me put it this way. The one alternate path here that I see as a possibility that would have allowed you to wear that dress without it being an issue involved some long game strategy. And by that, I mean, if you wanted that dress and you wanted it to be white and you weren't going to budge, it could have started with a conversation to your husband to say, number one, how serious is this tradition? And what would happen if I broke it? Because knowing the damage ahead of time is a pretty freaking important thing if you're going to make a bold move against a tradition. The tradition may be ridiculous. It sounds like it to me, but if this tradition was important enough to them to create this response, then digging into what could happen, because it's damaging, right? I mean, no matter what, you're going to do something that you know is going to damage the marriage that you just entered and the relationships that surround and support it. So while I don't agree with this tradition, as you're marrying into it, understanding and respecting it is probably pretty important if you want to succeed with that marriage. Not saying it's right or wrong, but if what you want is a successful marriage, navigating this the long route could have helped make that happen. So after talking to the husband, getting him on your side and supporting your decision to do this, you're going to need his help smoothing over mother-in-law so that she She's okay with it by the time that wedding comes around. That's not something that I think that you can do yourself. You should be able to do it, but having your husband's support there, having your fiance support at that point, would have been super helpful in getting mother-in-law to be okay with it, right? Choosing to surprise everyone with it kind of waved a big middle finger at them. And again, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong because she could have understood more about the tradition than we know right now, and she obviously made the decision to not follow it knowing at least somewhat that someone would be irked about it. So this is tough. This one is really, really tough because I can see both sides to it 
completely. My gut reaction here while reading this story was, here we go, it's another controlling mother-in-law story. Classic, right? But then the husband saying what he said in a normal mother-in-law story would mean that the son is brainwashed, right? Brainwashed by the mother-in-law, being controlled by a mother-in-law. However, I kind of get the feeling that he took it as seriously as mother-in-law did. And if this is beyond, you know, brainwashing. Who knows? Like, maybe he was brainwashed into this whole thing. It doesn't matter because she chose to marry him and wants to have a successful marriage with him. That's going to require navigating these things. So that's my point. So you could read this one way and say, oh yeah, that's a controlling mother-in-law and she's got her son brainwashed. OP's not the asshole. Those two are. But she chose him. Knowing what she knows about who he is in general, maybe not specifically about this tradition, but this was something that was very important to him and people that he cares about. So it could have been handled differently. And that's on our ASCON scale I'm afraid to look at because this story, my gut reaction would be crazy controlling mother-in-law. But I don't know that that's the case here. Y'all are going to have to help me decide because right now I'm going to cut her some slack and say ASCON 3 here. I think she probably technically fits into the two with the severity of the damage. But ASCON 3, you probably should have approached that differently is putting it lightly. And I'm going to stick with that because my gut still says other direction. So I'm split and that puts me right that's con three. Where are you at here? Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.